There is a traditional saying that goes as followed. A good friend is hard to find. But what if we went a step further and added a good friend is hard to lose? Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. It looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? episode of the glory and our stories i'm your host calvin wayne pennywell jr the title of this particular episode is a good friend is hard to lose a good friend is hard to lose i know a lot of people may have their own um, experiences concerning that um i guess it all depends on your situation um but i will say this and i will speak on a couple of examples to validate uh, the title of this podcast episode. Um, But I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone's surviving. Um, If you have not been on my social media lately, um, I will um, inform you uh, that I have recently uh, uh, contracted uh, COVID, um, had symptoms uh, on the onset of last week, I got tested later. My results came back positive. Um, It hit me pretty hard, but I do believe that being vaccinated does help. Obviously, it doesn't completely protect me from the virus, uh, but it did help me. I would have to say that. Even though I did get vaccinated last year, I did not get a booster yet. Um, But, man, that was... That was very traumatic for me. That's the worst I've ever felt in my life. Uh, the the bulk of it took about two or three days. Uh, I'm still experiencing the, the aftermath of it, but a lot better than I did about a week ago. So it was not a fun week for the Penny Whales, <laughs> but we survived and here we are. So I totally advise everyone to continue to maintain your health do everything you can to stay healthy take uh, preemptive measures um, take your vitamins drink your water and get get plenty of rest and plenty of exercise one thing that I realize is the older you get the more simple your workout can be just for you to maintain good health. The time that we have here on earth 
it's not guaranteed. Only God knows how long that is. But if we're going to be here for a couple of more years, or maybe even a hundred, like Betty White, the best we can do is take care of our bodies. The only the best way we can. That involves doing research, um, making dietary sacrifices, and basically saying no to yourself as much as you can if it means bettering your health. So please do that. Um, but in the midst of all this, I was remembering the relationships that I've had and still have with my friends and I realized how important and vital they are. When you're sick and you're down, um, give it that the people closest to you know what's going on. Um, you really find out who really cares about you. And when you keep that in mind, you begin to understand that the people that do care the most about you are the ones that have stuck with you during the easy times and the hard times. And being sick is one of those hard times. Specifically now, when you can't really be close enough close enough to someone to the point where you can be there at every, every single moment without compromising your own health. So we do the best we can, right? But I wanted to bring up um, a few instances where um, finding a good friend, well, uh, <clears throat> considering the saying, a good friend is hard to, to lose. I wanted to start with the relationship between Aaron and Moses and the um, Old Testament. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Aaron is um, Moses' brother, if not friend. So um, those actually may be synonymous in reference to these two. Um, so I wouldn't put it past them. Um, again, every time I reference God's word, I always compel people to read, to develop correct context in which the, the scripture that I am speaking of aligns with truth. So. Again, I'm reading from uh, referencing Exodus, specifically Exodus 17. Um, I'm talking about the relationship between Aaron and Moses. And at the end of this reading, you'll see why their relationship is very important. So, um, so I'm going to go get right into it. So this relationship with Aaron and Moses. Now, this particular section, I don't mind reading this. And I think reading helps. Uh, develop context for uh, the subject matter concerning the episode. So, this particular section is titled "Water from the Rock." This is the uh, the moment um, yeah, so this is the moment that the um, <laughs> that that um, Moses is having a quarrel, so to speak, with the Israelites, because basically everybody's getting impatient. This is the, of course, the exodus from uh, the the land of Egypt to the land of milk and honey. 
Um, it says water from the rock. Uh, this is Exodus 17 verses, well, verse 17. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim. I apologize if I mispronounced that. But there was no water for the people to drink, so they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock, eh? Horeb, strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Merabah, because the Israelites quarreled, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us? Not. Is the Lord among us or not? So previously, God had asked Moses to speak for the water to come forth. But Moses became impatient. So he struck. He didn't speak. He didn't use his words. He used his staff. And this is obviously an issue because that's being disobedient that's not what god asked him to do and this is previous this is prior to this so i'm gonna keep reading from this point on i'm just saying it to provide context the the next section is the amalekites defeated the amalekites came and attacked the israelites at rephidim moses said to joshua choose some of our men and go out to fight the amaka the Amalekites, the Amalekites, tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered, and make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. That's A-M-A-L-E-K. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, Because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord would be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. The key component of that is the assistance of Aaron and Hur. The reason why I chose Moses and Aaron is because I actually have a close friend named Aaron. I'm pretty certain he wouldn't mind me mentioning him. His name is James Aaron Snow. He's a fellow poet, a writer, um, 
ambassador for Yelp. He does an awesome job. Um, he's an awesome individual, and I thank God for meeting him years ago. Uh, we've been good friends for a while, and it has been very rewarding um, building a relationship with him. But one thing that we constantly do is we hold each other up. We both have separate purposes to fill, and they have um, overlapped in many, many ways. Uh, we take the opportunity to learn from each other as artists and as men and as individuals. And we've, uh, we've been through a lot over the last, I want to say, decade. And um, he's been, like I said, he's been such an awesome friend. And there are moments where our arms grow tired. There are moments where life just hits us and we're like, man, I don't, I don't want to go another round, but I will if I have to. And we've always been in each other's corners and we've always been there to encourage one another to keep fighting. Because as long as our hands are raised, uh, the more we will win the battle. So I, um, I had to mention that because that's very, very vital and very important. So um, I would read around Exodus 17 again for more context and to get a better grasp of the content that's provided. So, uh, but I want to go ahead and take this opportunity <laughs> to take a quick break. And uh, Tigas will be right back. Tigas listeners, thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Glory Down Stories uh, so far. Um, I guess I just wanted to mention right quick to uh, take the opportunity to make some changes in your life. Uh, if there's anything that I've learned while being sick is that there are a lot of habits that I have to break, not just for my physical health, but by it for my mental development as well. I am not getting any younger. I can only get wiser. And I want to do everything I can to feed uh, <clears throat> that growth. So I think it's best that we do everything we can to better ourselves. Read a book. You know, join a social group. I know that may be difficult now, but there are ways. So I hope that um, that group is accessible. So you all have a wonderful day. Enjoy the rest of the podcast episode. And yeah, <laughs> stay warm, stay healthy. And we
We are back to the latest episode of the Glory Not Stories. I'm your host, Calvin Pennywell Jr. Y'all have to pardon me. I'm like still recovering from uh, from sickness, so I'm trying my best to sound as 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 concise as possible <laughs> without um, causing any distortion within the audio. So <clears throat> so pardon me. Um, I wanted to take a moment to clarify something right quick. Now, the reference in, uh, to Noah striking the, the rock was uh, actually in the book of Numbers. And I uh, wanted to take the time to actually read that scripture reference. Uh, it says, it's Numbers 20, verses 10 through 13. It says, Moses strikes the rock. All right, verse 10, when Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their, lives, and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. There are the waters of Meribah, where the people, these are the waters, sorry, uh, verse 13, these are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. And I think it's better explained in the previous chapter. Let's see. I'm trying to find... So yeah, Moses was not supposed to strike the rock. He was supposed to speak to it. So because of that, you know, Moses disobeyed God and um, didn't illustrate how holy God was. Moses took it upon himself to um, <clears throat> create a way for water to come out of the rock opposed to just speaking to it. So. So I wanted to give you all just a couple of quick examples of um, references of instances where the title of this podcast applies. Um, a good friend is hard to lose. The first scenario that I wanted to present to you all is a scenario that I brought up many times, which is the relationship between me and my best friends from high school. Um, Jesus and Antoinette uh, Ramos. I've known them since um, <clears throat> middle school. I want to say go going back as far as seventh grade. Seventh grade. Um, but uh, between uh, between us three, it's two kids, which are their kids. They're twins. They're twin boys. Um, 10 years, hold on, 10, 11, about 12 years of marriage. Um, they're about to celebrate their 10th year this year. My wife and I, Adrian, are about to celebrate our second year uh, come uh, March 21st. And um, But so much has happened between us since then. We have had ups and downs. We've seen the best and worst of each other. Um, 
obviously we haven't seen every aspect as our spouses have so but we've come a long way and that that is a relationship curated by God um, constructed beautifully made because I've known them longer than my entire than half of my life and that's a long time <laughs> that's a long time it's a very long time yep <clears throat> y'all this is probably the most difficult podcast episode I ever had to record because I'm trying not to cough <laughs> um so yeah I've known them for a very long time We've had some very in-depth conversations to, you know, about growing up and getting older and experiencing life. We've even had lighthearted conversations about, you know, the, the fun that we had, you know, in our late teens, early 20s, the places that we've gone, the experiences that we've had. It's always fun. There's one picture that I have of us. <clears throat> Uh, I don't know whose phone it was, but it was a selfie that we took. It was Jesus on the left, Antoinette in the middle, and me on the right side. And we we all we all looked so young, and our faces were so tight. <laughs> but um, when we get together and we talk, it's always reminiscent of what we endured as youngsters. And it'll be very difficult to like uproot the, uh, the the base of our relationship, the foundation. It's gonna take a lot. It'll take a lot to break us, a lot, because we have a lot of history, a lot of history. So really blessed to have known them. And really blessed to have witnessed their development, their marriage, the birth of their kids, and the onset of their careers. It's very rewarding to have witnessed that. So I can only imagine what God has in store for them um, as time progresses. So really looking forward to that. Um, the second relationship that I wanted to touch base, touch base on was uh, one that was <laughs> is fictional, but it's relatable. Y'all know I like mentioning Marvel a lot, uh, Marvel comics. Um, one friendship that um, I thought is n noteworthy is the relationship between Bucky and Captain America, a.k.a. Um, Bucky Barnes and Steve Rogers. Bucky Barnes is known as the Winter Winter Soldier, and um, Steve Rogers, of course, is known as Captain America. They've known each other since before Steve Rogers became Captain America, and they've always been good friends to the point where you can basically call them brothers. And they've been through the worst. I mean, it, there, at one point, they were both trying to enlist into the army, and another one, they're they're fighting against each other after uh, being um, apart from each other for about seventy years. Uh, Bucky Barnes, aka uh, 
the Winter Soldier was used as a weapon, um, and Captain America became the, you know, American Superman, basically, slash super super soldier. So, uh, in the midst of all of this, they really cared about each other. One of my favorite moments is when it's at the inter it's at the end of Winter Soldier and they're fighting, and Bucky, with one arm, um, grabs Steve Rogers after they fought, and he and he brings him to shore so that he can live, and Bucky disappears. And um, but Bucky saved his life because that's his friend. And at the end of Endgame, Steve Rogers decides after all the stones have been collected and used for the right reasons, decides to go back in time to have a to live a life that uh, Tony Stark said that he should try to get. But initially, Steve Rogers went back to return the stones. But what looked like 10 to 15 seconds to us was like 70 years for Steve Rogers. He was gone long enough not only to return the stones, but to go back and live a life with Peggy, Peggy Carter. And before Steve Rogers went back in time. They had their um, banter between each other. I think uh, Steve Rogers said, um, don't go, don't, don't do anything stupid while I'm, done, while I'm gone. And Bucky Rogers says, how can I? You taking all the stupid with you. And it was a very sentimental exchange for us fans because we've been seeing this relationship since it you know since the onset of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe so for you to fully understand the extent of their relationship you would have to go back and not only watch it but read it so that you'll understand why that was so heartfelt and um, it was also a reminder that it is okay you know two men can have sentimental uh, uh, sentimental exchanges to solidify their friendship and their relationship can have meaningful conversations it doesn't have to be macho all the time you know there's always opportunities for growth opportunities to learn more about each other and that's what they exhibited um, next I wanted to mention the relationship that I have with my wife the foundation of our relationship goes all the way back to eating at Waffle House during our college graduation night if I'm not mistaken May 20th I think either May 20th or May 22nd, one of those days. 
2014. We were enjoying time with our families. <laughs> and we decided to meet up at Waffle House where we talked for hours. Adrian Pennywell uh, was wearing this little jacket and this white dress and she had a flower in her hair. Oh, uh, she is so beautiful to me. So beautiful. The way she smiles sometimes and she laughs. I just sigh and I'm like, God, you really, you really blessed me. But I remember she had on this nice, beautiful white dress and these wedges. And I decided to like sit down on the curb outside of Waffle House because you know there weren't any, weren't any seats outside. How about she in her white dress sat down next to me on the ground? That's when I knew that she was literally down to earth. And I was like, wow. And ever since then, we've been talking. Every, that's all we do. That's all we do is talk. And that's one thing that I hope that we never lose is communication. I mean, that's the root of God's relationship with us is communicating. That's all he wants, constant communication, a endless stream of intimacy. My wife, the relationship with my wife has taught me, and if there's anything I've learned over the last week, there will be moments of down. There will be dark days in the valleys. There will also be sun-filled uh, instances on the mountaintop. But there would definitely be ups and definitely be downs. But despite everything, our friendship would be the foundation of our relationship. It will be the, our consistency and our desire to put God in the middle would be the deciding factor of how strong our relationship will continue to be as time moves on. Um, lastly, I wanted to close this up, and I apologize that this has been choppy. This is, it's been a, it's been a difficult fat past few weeks, but I promised that I will continue doing this podcast as, as, as long as I'm alive. So God woke me up this morning and I'm being obedient. So the last friendship that I wanted to obviously mention is the ultimate friendship, which is with God. I want to read Proverbs 18. It's not going to be long. But I eventually will get to the very last verse in this chapter that is very important. So bear with me. I'll read this and then I'll close out the episode. This is Proverbs 18. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. Fools, fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. When wickedness comes, so does contempt, and with shame comes reproach. 
The words of the mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. It is not good to be partial to the wicked and so deprive the innocent of justice. The lips of fools bring them strife and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing and their lips are a snare to their very lives. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. The name of the Lord is fortified. Is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The wealth of the rich is their fortified. Is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. The human spirit can endure in sickness but a crushed spirit who can bear. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. In a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross-examines. Casting the lot settles disputes and keeps strong opponents apart. A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. I think I said that wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure. But it's C-I-T-A-D as in dog, E-L. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Yes, I agree 100%. The poor plead for mercy, but the rich answer harshly. Again, the poor plead for mercy, but the rich answer harshly. And last verse, verse 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The relationship that I have with my, my very good friends, there are going to be moments where they have to be very honest with me. I might not like how it comes out. I might not like how it is received from me. I might not like how it is portrayed, but the meat of what they're saying is love. They wouldn't say it if they didn't care. So I hope that as I evolve, that as I get older, that I am open to criticism that I am open to let, uh, being informed of how I come across to certain people. And these are things I might have to work on. But if there's anything I've learned up until now is a good friend is hard to lose because I've, I've said some things, I've done some things that I'm not proud of, but to this day, they still call me, they still text me, we still spend time with each other we still catch up we still spend holidays with one another we still love each other i couldn't ask for anything better i even have a friendship with my, my sisters like i could call them or text them and we can have conversations um share time with each other spend time with each other and enjoy each other's presence 
I even have a friendship with my mom. Not afraid to, you know, not afraid to admit that. Uh, primarily because we we have a lot in common, you know, and we we love movies. Uh, that's all we do is quote movies. We can't have a conversation without quoting a movie, even in during our, our worst moments, even when we feel uneasy. <clears throat> We can always reference movies, and we can always reference God's word. Um, so, yeah. But I hope you all have a wonderful day. Um, enjoy the friendships that you have. Do everything you can to feed it, to make it stronger. Um, you all have a wonderful day. This is the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories with your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr., titled, A Good Friend is hard to lose. Yo, thank you all for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Oh, 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 oh,